What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Panthers Nation Network. Uh, we uh, recorded a little late this week. We wanted to give Panthers organization some time to rectify the wrongs that they have have imposed upon us these many months, and they have chosen to do nothing. And actually, worse than nothing, they have gone out of their way to make things worse for the organization. So talking to start off about just the abysmal performance, one of the most embarrassing performances I've seen as a Panthers fan was against the Patriots, and that's saying something we have seen some just We've seen some barn burners, and this one was this one takes the cake. I just I, I have no words for it. I'm mean, about Chantisco first. He was there live to witness the buffoonery that you know that transpired. So I'm gonna let him go first. Hey man, I'm not gonna lie. You know, if you just ignore the fact that we were we were, we were supposed to be trying to win a game, watching Sam Darnold play football is honestly the funniest thing I've probably seen live. It is it's actually hilarious, okay? Because like he's when you when you watch him play, he's, I mean, he's dead serious. Like, no, he he threw a pick, but he was he, he was honestly trying. That this this is him at his best, try, actually trying to win football games. Look, man, it was um, it, it's hard to watch. I'm not gonna lie. It's, it, this team this offense resembles that 2010 offense with Jimmy Clausen. And, and I'm and I'll be honest, if we go back and look at the numbers, I don't even think Jimmy Clausen was this bad. I'm not going. I'm not. I can't even. I can't even lie. It, it, it's hard to watch, man. It's hard to watch the defense continuously go out there. Put up good performances, but continuously be held back by the fact that their offense can't flip the field, can't consistently score points. You know, it's 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 disheartening to say the least, man. But you know, it is. This is what we signed up for coming into this year. Yeah, it was uh, not expected at all. Didn't see that coming um, with the whole debacle. Like I said, after the first three games, I thought Darnold was the guy. I thought um, we found our future, and I'll admit it. I'll admit that I that I said that, but I'm going to eat my words now after seeing more, um, you know, at the time it was a reasonable take. I think, I think at the time it was a reasonable take, but now after we see more, after we played some better teams, I just don't think that it is, um, you know, the future with Darnold. So we got to, you know, see what we got going forward. He's injured. We saw we got that news today, but going forward, we got to uh, assess what we have at the position. Yeah. I think, you know, and this is where my concerns lie is the fact that they decided to, instead of, you know, I mean, we, we knew this was a gamble coming in and, and Shantice and I'll be the first to say, I mean, Shantice was the first to say this way back when he said, you know, why are you taking this gamble? You could go the younger route. There are guys in the draft you could pursue that are going to give you a better base and a better future. And at the time we were like, look, you got to go with, you know, at this time. And I was the first to say like, look at, I, I don't think anyone, that's going to be behind this line is going to perform well. And I still, I'm still going to subscribe to that notion. You could have anybody back there. I will argue it. I mean, it's not that I don't want to see it. I really don't know. I mean, he's going to perform better than Sam. I don't even know if Cam could help this offensive line. And I know that he has probably seen worse, but look at now Paratus is out. Now Irving's out, which you knew was going to, he was injury prone. I mean, this offensive line is one of the worst I have seen. And not even in terms of skill set, but just, all over the place. There's no structure to the offensive line whatsoever. I mean, Michael Jordan and, and you know, Dennis Daly looked like he didn't even know where he was out there half the time. Like, this offensive line still has a lot of issues in my mind, and the quarterback position is going to be one we're going to have to suffer through in this purgatory, I think, until we also – like, it's got to go hand in hand, and, and this line has got to be rectified. Yeah, the line has to be rectified, but to their credit, they've given up one sack in eight quarters. And to and also to their credit, 
Sam Darnold, even from a clean pocket, statistically, is still one of the worst QBs in football. So it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, would it help if you had, if he if he consistently played behind a clean pocket? Sure, but it's not that it's going to change life for you, for for this team. You know, very much. I mean, I look, I look at some of the throws he's making. He's putting receivers in harm's way. I mean, how many receivers has he gotten put on the injury on the injury list just this year alone? I mean, I, it's just I, we're just we're we're accident prone offense with a quarterback that can't seem to fit get out of his own way. A lot of yeah, issues, you know, it's, it's just a lot of issues to fix. But I'll let you go ahead and shoot, Tyler. Yeah, no, it's like you said. It's all about the offensive line. It's all about our ability to mesh as an offense has not been has not been there ever since McCaffrey went down. Everything just went downhill from there. We saw McCaffrey was back this week, but he wasn't really back. Um, he, he, he's still still banged up a little bit, still trying to recover from that. And they held him back when it came to his workload. But, um, you know, it starts up front. It was it was terrible. It, the offensive line, you know, we've in the last decade, we haven't had much of any offensive lines um, in Carolina, always, you know, average to below average across the league. So that's something that we're used to. But when, you know, the play call design, the – the quarterback, the execution is not there. It looks everything looks even worse. And when your guys aren't playing at their best, like you know they can be, or that we have seen them, it all just it all just you know goes downhill from there. And and I agree with that. And I mean, and and, and Chanti's right. Like it, I mean, and Sam is also a majority of the problem. And I think that I. I think you and I think that they took they're they're biting the bullet on the gamble that they took. I mean, they knew that this was going to be you know where we're seeing now. I don't think it was as much Adam Gase and the Jets as we were thinking. Like this guy, I mean, people are calling him like the Dwight Schrute of football is what he looks like running around out there, and I agree to it. I mean, some of these throws like that that interception to uh, overthrowing Ian Thomas. I I don't know what could have ever persuaded him to think that that was. I mean, I understand his his thought process, but to put that much power under that ball, he he was not under that much duress to where you can overthrow, where you can be excused to overthrow it that much. And now with his injury being out four to six weeks, this is the part that's pissing me off. I I understand that Cam must have burned a bridge somehow, some way, but in my mind, Tepper, you are a businessman. You cannot look me in the eyes and tell me that Matt Barkley is the best decision business-wise for this organization. You cannot tell me with a straight face that Cam Newton is not the better choice because it's not even being a Cam Newton stand, y'all. It's it, If it was Andrew Luck and who was available, I'd say, yes, Andrew Luck is the best available quarterback. It's not anything to do with Cam Newton being who he was for this organization. But you already know that he knows the base, the culture of this team, no matter how much you said you wanted to change it one way or the other. He would be able to come in, and I don't think – to have that much of a learning curve. I think he would be able to, even with this offensive line, be, I mean, he's used to having a shitty offensive line. That's no, that is nothing new for him. Absolutely nothing new for him to have a shitty offensive line. It, it, you know, a lot of, a lot of things is going on with, uh, as far as, as, as far as with, with, with Cam, it's, I, I'm not even necessarily big on, big on, on the Cam thing. It's just, it's just the fact that we're, we're, we're in the A spot. We're not out of the playoff race. We're actually only half a game behind Atlanta. As far as being being in that last wild card spot, it's just that there's so much football left to play, and it seems that 
Like, do we? Does anybody really feel like we have a chance to make the playoffs, even at the eight spot, even only half a game out? Like, do do we really feel like we we're a team that that, that can that can crack into into that last spot? I'll say I'll say this real quick. I think that this Sunday taught me two things. The Sunday taught me that the NFL is wide the hell open. There is no I see, especially the NFC. I see no favorite in the NFC because even the Cardinals. I mean, they beat the 49ers, but with Kyler Murray, I'm assuming you know they they go pretty far off. JJ Watt being injured doesn't help them as much. And the AFC again, you cannot tell me one way or the other that there's any favorite in this NFL. So I think at any point, yes. We could be a playoff court, but we could be a playoff team in this current NFL. But Sunday also taught me that we do not play like it. We're not ready to be in the playoffs. If we make the playoffs, we will get smacked. And as and that's why I think bringing in someone who has that experience and that you know presence in the playoffs would do some good. Here I'm going to bring on real quick a resident, albeit begrudgingly in my opinion, Patriots fan, who also happens to unfortunately be my little brother, who has experienced the Cam Newton conundrum with the Patriots. So, Will, how you doing, man? What's up, guys? I'm chilling. You know me. Can y'all hear me? Everything good? Everything sound good and chill? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, I have some experience with the Cam Newton conundrum. Um, I mean, I was a huge fan of Cam Newton uh, just in his time in Carolina. And then coming to New England, I was a huge fan. Um, and I knew that Cam wasn't going to be a consistent like he wasn't going to be our next guy, you know? And when we drafted Mac Jones, you could obviously see that he wasn't going to be our next guy, but I wanted him to have some time and he didn't have weapons his first year. And then we got him weapons and then we kind of gave up on him, which sucks, but I've had my faith grown in Mac Jones a little bit more as of late, but I do miss Cam a lot. I have to say. So I got to ask, do you think, do you think Mac was pulling on Burns, legs, knowingly i literally knew that was gonna be the first question i was gonna be asked um <laughs> i think he, he was i mean he obviously willingly was pulling on his leg um i think in the way it looked as to me is it was trying to keep him from the ball not necessarily try to you know alligate a role and you know injure him um and i don't see mac jones as a dirty player like that if he is you know that sucks um and i think you know i think you know he'll get some welcome to the nfl hits you know pretty soon but just seeing mac jones and his overall personality i mean like when he scores and he you know gets the job done he runs to the bench and he sits down you don't see him celebrate you don't see him you know he's not a very personality based player so i can't really see him making a dirty play like that uh he said he thought that burns had the ball uh that's cap. Uh, I just think he was trying to keep Burns. I think he was trying to keep Burns from the ball, which is what it looked like to me. And then obviously, you know, it just kind of got haywire. But I, I don't think he was trying to do anything willingly to take him out. You know, that's my thought. So sitting at the spot, of the Patriots, dude. I mean, do y'all think that you have a solid chance for the playoffs? Well, as you were just saying, I mean, the NFL is wide open. As much as we thought, you know, it's it, to me, it seemed like last year, you know, the AFC was really where it was at. Um, and then this year, you know, the Ravens haven't been playing as well. And then, you know, you see a team start to emerge and that team gets beat. I mean, the Bengals got beat by the Rams, you know, or not the Rams, sorry, the Jets. Uh, Bengals got beat by the Jets and then the Bills got beat by the Jags. And it's just like you see these people that you think are going to be, you know, these dominant teams that get beat by non-dominant teams. You know, Tennessee, who looked dominant, got beat by the Jets. Um, I think the Patriots do have a chance to make a run. Um, at least in the playoffs. I mean, we're one, we're half game out from first place right now. The Dolphins, I mean, they don't concern me. The Jets really don't concern me. Um, I, but I think we're looking at a wild card spot unless the Bills continue to fall apart, which they have as of late. Um, 
But I think Mac is a smart player. I still think he makes some stupid decisions a fair amount of the time. Um, but he's adjusting, you know, he's a rookie quarterback and I wasn't really on the train until really the Buccaneers game when I really, really start to enjoy his play. Um, and I think our defense is really strong. Matthew Judon is probably my favorite player on the team right now. And his pass rush is insane. Um, and our corners, uh, losing Jonathan Jones hurt. And then obviously Stefan Gilmore, but I have some thoughts about Stefan Gilmore that we'll probably go into a little later. Um, but I think our defense is strong. And I think we have a, I think we're in a good spot to make a run. I say Judon, I mean, th that that defense was absolutely getting after our offense. But I also want to – I mean, out of – and I haven't watched a lot of Patriots games, but it seemed – and this might be a, more of an issue for our run defense. But, I mean, we were making y'all's running backs look like Chris Johnson and freaking Lendell White over there. Did, was that a surprising performance from those running backs? Uh, no. I mean, Damian Harris, he scored a touchdown in the last five games. He's been a little bit of a breakout, uh, especially with Mac and the, and the – uh, in the pocket now he's we've kind of gone to our run and we have a running back by committee kind of thing going down we got Ramondre stevenson uh and damon harris and then brandon bolden for god knows why uh, he, he brandon bolden's been on our team for uh, it seems like 10 years now and he's finally coming to use um but it doesn't really it doesn't really surprise me no i mean we really tested a lot of our runs last year after we lost you know uh after we lost brady moved on to cam obviously we couldn't be thrown every second of the day so our running backs really started to get more uh, I wasn't generally surprised that we started to run all over y'all. Well, actually, I little I, I think the run game is where we needed to be for y'all because I don't think the front seven is as strong as you know your corners and your defensive backs. Definitely, I think is your stronger suit. Um, as we saw, I mean, Max Jones only threw for 120, 140 yards, something like that, and a touchdown. He didn't throw for a lot, and he, and he threw an interception. Um, so I think we knew that coming in running was going to be the way we were going to go. So I wasn't too surprised, but we did look good. All of them looked great equally. But that interception was pretty sweet for us, at least. Talk about that Gilmore train. How, what were your thoughts for it were? I was, after Gilmore's defensive player of the year uh, season, um, it was weird. I was pretty much kind of, I, I saw him as a, um, as a asset to be traded away. I saw him as the defense. With Brady leaving and us getting Cam, I thought we could have maybe used him to uh, get a better wide receiver, better weapon. Um, and obviously with him being injured, when he got injured last season, um, we saw J.C. Jackson step into a number one cornerback role. Um, and he fit that really well. He, you know, was second in the league or tied with Xavier Howard last year for interceptions. Um, and he really stepped into that role very, very well. And if it wasn't for that, I'd be a little bit more concerned about losing Gilmore. But we really had some good players come to play. And I feel like we've always had really good safety play with Devin McCourtney and Patrick Chung, even though Patrick Chung is gone. Um, but Jonathan Jones became a really strong cornerback too. We picked up Jalen Mills in the off season who uh, has kind of sucked this year, um, but he's been playing at a three spot um, and now more of a two spot. Um, but the Gilbert trade, when he left, um, I definitely thought we could have gotten a little bit more for Gilmore. Um, but Belichick always has his ways. And I don't know, as a Patriots fan, maybe we enjoy the fourth, fifth round picks a little bit more than, you know, we enjoy the first and the second rounds. Um, but I, and, and with the defense being as strong as it is now with the front seven, and we got a lot of players back. We got Kyle Van Noy back from the Lions and uh, Jamie Collins back. And that defense really resurged to what it was, you know, in the, um, the past Super Bowl teams that we've had when it really was strong. Um, so that corner position, losing Gilmore wasn't, very big for me. And I was excited for Carolina because, I mean, as I am a Pan uh, Patriots fan, I do love to see the Panthers succeed a little. 
um, as they are my hometown. Um, so I was excited to see Gilmore fit in. And I, I was watching it on my phone, the game, because I was away. And I saw Gilmore get the pick. And I thought it was Shaq Thompson at first, just because I had no clue what number Gilmore was. So I thought it was Shaq Thompson. I was like, no, Shaq Thompson. Then I was like, no, Stephon Gilmore. That's worse. Um, but, you know, he's a great player. And um, do we miss him in New England? We obviously do. But uh, I think I, I don't think the team would be much different with him as we are without him. And then just lastly, was it nice to finally get a win over the Panthers after all these many years? Uh, yeah, I know. If it's uh, uh, Going back to that Monday night game a couple of years ago when uh, Luke Keekley very obviously held Rob Gronkowski in the end zone and they waved off the pass interference. Uh, you know, it was nice to get a, to get a little, little revenge on that, that standpoint. I mean, when Gronk um, just was openly standing in the middle of the field, unencumbered by no, anybody Luke else. Cut, Luke, Luke Keekley was... Bear hugging him, man. Bear hugging. They threw the fire. Well, pick it up. That's all I'm saying. Um, but no, it, it was nice to get a win. Um, it was nice to see uh, the defense play really well. Just have a standout game. Um, it's good for their confidence. Mac Jones uh, is, you know, slowly but surely kind of making his way up. So uh, it was a good game all around. We have, I think, Cleveland next week, which I wouldn't have been concerned about if it wasn't for last week when they played insanely against the Bengals, who again were one of the top teams in the AFC as of late, and now they've dropped two straight. Um, so I think I'm more optimistic for this year as I was when the year started. Um, I'm hoping my boy Jacoby Myers gets a touch, or Jacoby Myers and Nicole Harry, one of them doesn't have a touchdown. I think it's Jacoby Myers, who has like over 1,000 yards and no touchdown in his NFL career, which is crazy. So I'm hoping my boy gets a touchdown at some point. He finally got one and then got called back for holding. Um, but I think it's a good season. Judon's bringing a lot of, really, really a lot of excitement to the team with that pass rush. That defense is just something to watch. Um, and I knew Cam Newton was never going to be our guy as long as Josh, Josh McDaniels was there. Um, I mean, you saw it. He, they, he was trying to convert Cam Newton to a pocket quarterback, which Cam Newton didn't need to be. Um, I don't know if y'all have talked about it since I've been on, but are you think the Panthers will exercise trying to get Cam back, or do you think that's not an option that's going to be exercised? So that's how we were we were we were bringing that up before, and then kind of segued you into that, and we just we talked a little about it off the air too. I, I think the problem is I, I, I we're trying to it's a, it's a pride thing. We know it's a pride thing. Yeah. And it's trying to figure out where the pride is coming from because part of me thinks that it's a it's a it's a front office Panthers thing. They they don't want to touch him. They had a reasons for cutting him. They don't want to swallow their pride because we'll talk about this a little more. It's this front office doesn't seem to want to you know accept its mistakes. It doesn't want yeah. to accept or, or or learn from its mistakes either. Part of me also some some part of me thinks that maybe Ashanti mentioned this last week. Cam, if he starts at quarterback, if he comes in at quarterback, he knows what situation he's getting put into. He's getting put into a, a team in shambles that just wants them to save their season. Like if you were to go to the Saints or go to, you know, um, some of the other teams that need a quarterback right now. And he might not yeah. want to do that. He might want to be going. He might be thinking, you know, y'all didn't want me then. Oh, now you want me? Like now when you're yeah. in shambles and this guy that you had isn't paying off, now that's when you want me? Like, like you know, yeah. fuck off. Like I'm not going to do that. And yeah. so maybe Tepper is being a nice guy and not broadcasting the fact that we have been reaching out to Cam and Cam has turned us down because he wants to save face in that regard. I just yeah. – because I, I, it, it, it baffles me to think that they can look at Matt Barkley and look at Cam Newton and tell me that Mark, Matt Barkley is going to help our offense more yeah. than, than, than Cam Newton is. 
And 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 I have a question for you because I love watching some more Panthers games than I have this season. Just what happened to Sam Darnold? I mean, he started off on fire. I mean, have you all Can't seen anything happen? Sam Darnold, he is who he is. This is who he is. Yeah. He's just bad. He's just bad at playing football. He's just a very, very unserious NFL football player. We got fooled by the fact that Christian McCaffrey was still getting 40 touches a game. And that and that everybody can look good. If I all I gotta do is dump it off to Christian McCaffrey on first down, I could probably look, I could probably look all right too. Then when things, then when McCaffrey's gone, you have to actually be a quarterback. We figured out pretty quickly that this guy just can't. I, maybe those ghosts weren't on Adam Gates. Maybe those, maybe, maybe <laughs> the ghosts were. Maybe it was just him. Maybe Casper. Yeah. Maybe Casper just resides with, resides inside Sam Donald's heart, and he just can't unsee that. So I mean, and see that that, and I agree with that too. But then part of me is un, like, if and we and I don't know how much he would have actually had a point in this, but if Robbie knew that that's who that was. I don't feel like he would be as upset right now. He was blowing up Sam on the he side. Was in, he was very pissed off. That's a good thing because I thought him and Robbie were going to have a connection made in heaven. You know, he came from New York. And I feel like Robbie would have been more hesitant to agree unless the front office – I mean, I imagine the front office had to have said a word to him. And you that's know, what if they said, hey, we're looking at, you know, We're looking at Sam Darnold. Is this a good decision? And is Robbie just being a nice guy, wanted to give this man a chance because he thought it was Adam Gase, or he knew it was Sam? Um, all right, Robbie's I gotta go back. To, uh, I gotta go back to my rehearsal. Well, great talking, guys. Um, I'll love being on the podcast. So I'll see y'all later. Hey, uh, uh, thanks for hey, coming well, on. I need my jacket. He, he needs bro, a I jacket. I, can... <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I'll figure it out. I got you. Bro. I'll figure it out. All right, man. That was Will Taylor. Thanks for coming on. It's always nice and interesting in my household for those who if you've never heard or don't know. Obviously, those who know, my father is a Titans fan. Then Will is a Panthers fan. And my youngest brother, for the love of God, also my mom, are both Seahawks fans. So Sundays at the Taylor household are just absolutely ridiculous. Now, we got one more guest to come on here. We're going to add him on here in a second. Um, but just, yeah, kind of going off of what he was saying to end it out there. I mean, like – Tyler kind of mentioned it too. We and we talk about who Sam is and what happened. And you, Tyler mentioned it a couple weeks back. He's a microcosm of what this organization is. We don't know what this organization is going to do when they're backed up against the wall. Are they going to, you know, like lie down and let shit happen, or are they going to fight and force stuff? And Sam has seemed to show both sides of that spectrum. And I was going to mention it there too. I mean, and Shantice knows it, and we talked about it. We were the 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 lenses were incredibly rose colored, unfortunately, from that Saints game. Because had the Saints not gone the week before and kicked the crap out of the Packers, that win over the Saints doesn't look as good. And that win over the Saints was really what made us go, okay, this season's going to be different. Our defense is top tier, and our offense is looking like it can come together. Sam can orchestrate some games. Because if we all remember the Jets game, we remember recording that Jets podcast. We were pissed. No one was happy. No one was happy at all. And so I think that really screwed everything over. And now we are the, the blinds have been, you know, have been pulled away and we see what Sam really truly is. And it's the first question I'm going to ask Mike when he comes on is that I think we're seeing very clearly, I mentioned it there a little bit, this organization, especially this coaching staff, refuses to accept its mistakes, refuses to own up to its mistakes and move on from it. It's very begrudging. And I think that shows very early on from the decisions they made in terms of drafting or picking up people they had already coached in college guys, they didn't need to work on because they already had a established rapport with them. 
And I think these are red flags. So before we bring Mike on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let because it's been a minute before Tyler and T's have talked. So I'm gonna let y'all air your grievances out where, wherever you want to go, pull from wherever. Hey Tyler, I'll let you shoot. All right. Yeah. So I think one of the many problems right now is we don't know where we're at as an organization. Nobody in charge, nobody um, making these decisions knows where we're at. <clears throat> There seems to be some decisions, some uh, some things that we do where we think that we're a playoff team. We think this is our year to make a run. Look at the Stephon Gilmore trade. Look at us getting veterans that can play right now. Well, if we're not this playoff team that we think we are and we you know make these moves for all these veteran players, then like, what are we doing? Because as a team that's not ready yet to make a run, and I feel like all three of us would agree that we are, even if we can maybe squeak into a wild card spot, we're not ready to make a run at all. Um, now, making a wild card spot is very questionable to begin with. Um, so uh, we're not in the spot to make a run. And w- when we're, you know, kind of in this spot of, you know, are we tr- like loading up to make a run or are we, yeah, you know, going to you know, think about our youth and our future? Um, I think that that's definitely something. Along with that, the whole quarterback thing, um, it's almost like they're looking for a reason not to to play Darnold at this point, they kind of know, I think that, um, that he's not the guy. And I think we all do. I think we all should understand that. I mean, if it's one or two, one or two more weeks, like, I mean, he's out for a couple of weeks now, but if he comes back and can has zero signs of life, then it, I mean, it, it almost it seals the deal with Darnold it, it, as close to being sealed as it is right now. Um, so we'll see wh- what this off season is like, because we're already paying Teddy Bridgewater 17 million right now. And uh, we'll see what the dead money um, going to the quarterback position is for us um, going into this offseason. But um, I mean, even in this season, you realize next week we'll be paying both Sam Darnold to ride the bench and Teddy Bridgewater to be playing for a different team and then a quarterback to play for us. The whole situation in terms of especially with this injury seems very reminiscent to me, at least for Shantice and I, maybe Jeff would understand, too seems very reminiscent of what South Carolina did a few years back where their quarterback at the time, Jake Bentley, was having a deteriorating season, and he, you can't see me, but air quote, got an ankle injury and could not return for the remainder of the season. I just... Yeah, yeah. It, it, it seems like damage control at this point. Like, like, like Tyler said, the, it was weird because coming into, the, coming into this game, you, you hear that P.J. Walker's ran with the ones the entire week. We hear about the concussion. We hear about the shoulder injury. So, you know, amongst us, I would have probably thought that, oh, why was Sam not playing this week? Why would we even play him? Even if he's cleared, why why even play him? If you if you said he's not, he's been, you know, he's got he's got banged up shoulder, and he's coming off coming coming off of a a concussion, and now it, it just kind of seems, and you know, Matt Rule got asked this today. He got he got asked a a, a question in this realm like. Isn't it kind of ironic now that Sam is going to be out for four to six weeks after you just said the shoulder was injured the week prior, but you still let him play? He didn't look well. Now, and not only did not only did he not look well, you played him the entire game. So if if, if something was wrong with his shoulder, it was already documented. Then why did he finish the game? And that's it, it, you know it's just it's just weird. I think the messaging of this franchise from the top to the bottom has just been bad. You know, Matt, we all complain about Matt Rule and how, you know, 
he's kind of he, he's kind of a you know a shicey car salesman when, when it comes down to his messaging and how he how he the, you know relays information. The the moves that we made haven't been haven't been those of a team that's rebuilding. You know, you don't trade for an All Pro Defensive Player of the Year cornerback if you're a rebuilding team. I probably would have saved that pick. You know, I, the C.J. Henderson pick. I, I the C.J. Henderson deal. I could have I could have understood at the time because J.C. Horn had just went down. We were still hot. Let's just try to figure something out. You know, but I, the, but the, the moves after that I just haven't seemed to be those that make much sense. And I mean, here's the thing: the unfortunate part about it is that you know. Last year would have been, you know, this last year would have been the year to say, let's stick with Teddy for one more season and try to and try to just move and try to move on from Teddy to the next to the next guy. But because you jump shift from Twitter from Teddy quickly, and now Sam Darnold doesn't look like he's going to be the guy. Can you realistically say we're going to go into another year with Sam Darnold at quarterback and expect people to be excited for this franchise? Right. Yeah. And needless to say, it's going to be another wild off season. And we, and ever since we started this podcast, every single one off season, <laughs> where we've had so much action in Panthers history, as we know, off season are, are pretty, pretty dull for us. And so lately it's been picking up. So I think, I think we have something to do with that, but, um, but yeah, no, with the cam thing, I, I, I think that that ship has sailed with cam. I mean, he may be better than, than Matt Barkley, but um, you know, if you're Dave Tepper, you're sitting there. You weren't there for the cam thing. You don't know how everybody feels about that on an individual basis. Um, you don't know how it's going to work, how it's going to mesh. I think that's just something that you, you know, you just take your losses. Maybe he's the better quarterback. Maybe he's not. You just take your losses and try to find something else to um, to do for these couple games. So I can't blame him for not bringing in cam. Um, what I'd love to see, absolutely. Um, but, but, you know, we'll see what we can scrape out here for the next four to six weeks. I mean, I would have been a fan of the, the, the Jimmy Clausen pickup, but uh, that's what oh nobody's God. talking about. <laughs> hey, I haven't yeah. missed it in a while. I haven't, I haven't brought Jimmy up on the pod. In, hey, in, too long. No. I miss, I miss Jimmy low key. I don't think Jimmy was this bad. I, he got us cam. He got us cam. He's a legend. Pat I'd take Vinny. I'd take Vinny Testaverde and freaking Matt Moore right now at this point. I mean, my God. Brian St. Pierre. No, Any, Matt, no, Matt Moore is available. He wouldn't be that bad of an option. Like, Matt Moore still playing? Not the worst. Yeah, he's still available. What? He's I mean, Matt Moore similar to Matt Barkley. I mean, he's about the same. Yeah, they both look like uncles at a at a cookout. Like, <laughs> my God! All right. Well, now we're gonna bring in another fan because it bring out some other outside perspective. Because Lord knows if we even know what we're talking about, or if we're just you know four crazy guys talking to a screen. So we got Michael from Panther Insider coming on with us. Hey, man, how you doing? Good. Oh gosh, this 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 is depressing today, man. <laughs> We've had better episodes together, haven't we? Yeah, <laughs> we're on another one, so let's do it. Well, man, just to, topping off. I mean, because like I I said it before, I don't. It's not even for me. It's not even a Cam stand thing. I mean, like I yes, I know the the weight that Cam has had in this organization, but for me, if you're Tepper and you're this self you know self reliant businessman, you're this self you you've made that image for yourself. Is that not the better business decision than going for Matt Barkley? You, you know, I, I think they still – I think Tepper and Cam still have beef, and whether or not Cam would sign with us is a question like Shantice was saying. But it, it just disgusts me that this front office is willing to completely sacrifice the 2021 season, the F for the team, the F for your defense, your ticket sales, and the team's pride over just putting your ego aside and giving Cam a call. Now, if Cam doesn't want to sign with us, fine. I understand yeah. that. I don't blame him. 
but at least I, I'm I'm hoping I, I'm hoping to hear from like in Rapport or something like that. At least the Panthers tried to give Cam a call and we just got rejected. That would honestly make me feel good because it tells me that the front office is still trying. But exactly. to not even give him a call is just it's unacceptable. Now, I mean, do you think so? Because we've been talking about this, we're trying to figure this out. Because, like we said, we think at this point you got two options. Because if like if this Matt Barkley thing to me, it, it's going okay. Then you don't really like this season's just kind of done at that point. Don't play McCaffrey anymore. If this season's done, why would you keep playing him? If you're giving up right now, why hurt your assets any further? Burns got hurt almost three or four times in that game alone, and McCaffrey. I mean, he didn't look the same. He had some of those, you know, halfback angle routes and those dump outs that looked like old McCaffrey, looked like the guy we knew. But that first drive, when he was running it up the middle and met at the line of scrimmage, I know I was wincing. So for me, is it like, do we try to cultivate, you know, to try to, you know, save some remnants of the season? Or are you just going to go, all right, shit, you know, here's another year where we're not going to do as good as we want? I mean, it's hard, dude. Like, the NFC is so bad that anything can happen. So it's kind of hard to throw in the towel at this point. I, I want to see what we do with PJ this week, because if I'm being honest, like I mean, everyone's—I I know Sam Darnold sucks. Don't get me wrong, but like I'm looking at Joe Brady, because like in my opinion, like his offense is flawed by design. You know, every play it feels like it's designed to get five yards, and this playbook just feels like it's something out of man. Like it's only composed of like 50 plays. You know, uh, we don't add any new wrinkles to the offense by week. And defenses seem to be onto us. Like every bootleg that we do ten times a game, the defensive end is on Sam Darnold, like and forcing him to run at a full sprint. Every screen we do, the linebacker is meeting the halfback before the ball is even thrown. You know, every run up the middle, they're stacking eight guys in the box ready to stop our run. Everything we do is just so predictable. And we can trash on Sam Darnold all we want, but no amount of talent can overcome the crappiness that Joe Brady is doing right now on the football field, in my opinion. This is this is true. This is true, and I, and, and, and I do I do wonder is the lack of install because of the quarterback play. Like I mean, because even last year, I know we I know everybody had their issues with with Teddy Bridgewater, but the offense had had a certain level of fluidity to it last year. It at least had a, a type of rhythm. Whether 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 we could finish drop finish finish off drives was you know neither here nor there. But at least for at least from twenty yard line to twenty yard line, I can expect Teddy Bridgewater to move the ball up and down the field. This current offense just doesn't seem to have any type of flow or rhythm to it thus far. Yeah, to, to be honest, like if you want if you want my opinion on what's going on, um, if you look at this year's and last year's offense, like they have very similar problems. Like it feels like each play is designed to get exactly five yards, no more, no less. There's no downfield aggression at all. The only difference between this year and last year is that last year we had Curtis Samuel and our receivers would actually catch the ball. But I mean, I know I agree with you there because, like, we've seen it in 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 this offense, especially it's that's the time management, the you know running it on second and ten when we know damn well that it's not going to help anything, or third and ten when we know it's the, the the dump off passes. The dump off passes were still there without McCaffrey, and we said you know that was a, a fatal flaw for myself of Joe Brady. It happened last year when he had McCaffrey. It was an argument we were making week four. You had seven weeks with no Christian McCaffrey. And you tell me you can't cultivate a playbook to go around not having that guy. And he never did it. He absolutely never did it. And I think, I think a part of it is as to why, again, I mean, you're working with what you have. It was the issue there in 2015 when our offense did the times it did struggle is because our offensive line was not allowing for success. And that offense in 2015 was based off of running attack and long pass plays, which unfortunately are the strengths of this current offense. When we have Christian McCaffrey at full speed, I mean, 
these receivers aren't as much fade route, deep routes as they should be, you know, deep posts, some crossing routes, some, I mean, running even some, the, even the bootlegs we've run, I've never seen him like us such a poorly orchestrated bootleg. If Ryan Tannehill <laughs> make a bootleg work, then Sam Darnold should be able to, because he's got legs. He has wheels, but there's no blocking scheme to help it out. Like there's no running attack to allow for the play action to be conducive and actually, you know, make a, a safety bite that extra second or a linebacker, you know, stutter an extra second. I think it, it I think it's honest to God a a top to bottom problem. And you're starting to see the cracks. We've been talking about the division in the locker room. You're starting to see the cracks. Hassan Reddick said on the radio, he like he said, Look, man, I just worry about the defense. I worry about getting sacks. I worry about my guys, the offense. That's I can't do anything with that. You're seeing it in, you know, I think it was uh, I think it was Brian Burns even said it. he was like, I would I've loved to have not had that happen. Yeah, but not really there's nothing i can do about it and i think you're starting to see the division like the thing i'm scared of for these younger guys on defense or these vets we brought in like maybe perriman saw the writing on the walls and said i don't want to play for this i don't want to put up with y'all's bs i don't want to play for this organization if y'all are going to do this what's to like what's to motivate Derek brown to play because the front four last week looked just atrocious aside from brian burns i mean there was no push what's i mean don't you think you know daquan jones he's got to be looking at the titans going why did I leave that? Look what they just did to, to LA. Why did I leave that to come here? I'm worried if these guys that we've signed for these one, two year deals are going to want to stick around. No, I, I'm with you. Like, I, honestly, I'm not going to blame the defense for anything that's happened. No. I, I mean, when you've scored one touchdown the last three weeks, it's kind of hard to put on the defense. I'm just worried that we're going to see like, like a, like a, like 2019 again. Remember like after we fired Ron, and the team knew that we were out of it, and we just proceeded to get like get absolutely thrashed the last four games of the year, and not just like your regular thrashings. I mean, these were like you know extreme butt kickings that we took, you know, to teams that we shouldn't have been. Like the Colts, the Saints blew us out like forty-five to ten. You know, it was probably some of the ugliest Panthers football I've ever seen. Like on, from what I remember about the twenty ten season, like that was better than what we saw at the end of um, that year. And I feel like if, if this keeps happening and we just keep sinking and this offense doesn't change or improve or show any signs of life over the next couple of weeks, like that's my fear that we're going to start seeing that again, especially with how brutal our schedule is. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it's weird because, you know, I, I spoke about it earlier that, you know, we're only a half a game out of that seven spot, but does it really feel like there's any life within this locker room right now? And, and, and if, even if we get a performance, a, a decent performance out of PJ Walker, they, like, do we truly believe? Like, do, you th- do we think this team believes that they they that they actually can compete for that wild that last wild card spot? Well, I mean, look, if PJ comes out and like he actually shows up and we actually keep it close with Arizona and we put up like twenty something points, just something that's that's all I'm asking, 17, 20 points. If we just so score two touchdowns, show some signs of life, then I think you can go come back home i think we play washington the week after next and you can you can still have some belief in yourself but if we come out and we score like three points six points again don't score a touchdown then i don't know how you can have any confidence in yourself but but like we were saying like the nfc is so bad like i mean i don't think whoever ends up getting that six and seven seed in the nfc neither of those teams deserve to be in the playoffs right now if the season were to end today it'd be the saints and the falcons yeah that's, the, cra- that's the crazy part and I don't know what the heck is going off the Saints. The Saints are probably going to fall out of it if Trevor Simeon and their receivers keep playing so bad. And I don't yeah. think it. I'll, go ahead. Well, I'm sorry. I was, and then that, like, I just 
I really wish there was a, I want a documentary and E60 something or, or Cam to re- bring back his Instagram. I just like, I, I don't understand these, the proclivity of these teams to stick with the guys they have because sure for like the Jets, it worked out that their dude, Matt, whatever the hell his name is. I don't remember who he is, was able to pu- pull out a win, you know, or you see in some other guys, but like if you're the saints, like, and you just, if you want a carbon copy of Jameis Winston, body type, ability, you know, throwing ability, mobility, who is that going to be other than Cam Newton? Like, there's no doubt in my mind that you go get that, but they're so hell bent on on sticking with these guys. I just really, I, I don't know what Cam did because I, I, there's nothing I, that I've seen outwardly through his social interactions, unless we're just, you know, nose blind to it. But there's nothing that I'm seeing that really shows that he's that much of a cancer to a team or their locker room. I think he's. He, Actually, especially when he was upfront about not getting vaccinated, when other quarterbacks we're not going to name lied about being vaccinated and are getting fined less than a player who didn't tuck in his jersey last week. I think Cam's getting offers and he's just turning them down. About the Saints, though, I don't think the Saints would sign him anyway, nor do I think Cam would have interest in playing there just because of the amount of beef that they had over the years when Cam was here. But I, I really do think that Cam's been getting offers and he's just turning people down. Because, like, why would you want to go play for Seattle? Why would you want to go play for New Orleans with, with all the, uh, you know, all, all the deficiencies they have? Why would you want to come play for us? You know, wherever Cam goes, if he signs somewhere, like, this is his last shot. He's not getting another opportunity after this. Why would you want to blow it with a team that's probably not going to make the playoffs without you? This is very true. And, and, and on Cam's uh, YouTube channel, he did spit, no, on the same video where he got vaccinated uh, on his YouTube, it, 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 there's, a, there's a final part to it where – he speaks about that he has been getting offers. He has turned he has turned down some offers. He, ne- he never mentioned what teams that that, that, that he he had spoken to. But we can imagine that Seattle was one. Of, Seattle was definitely one of the teams that that, yeah. that reached out to him. And that Seattle situation cur- just, just currently wouldn't have been a good situation. And like you and like you said, Michael, this is his last shot. So he can't afford to waste it on a situation that's not going to be beneficial to him. He already did it once in New England. That New England situation was a very bad situation. Just, you know, how's that being 2020? I mean, even going into it, we all knew that New England lacked talent. It wasn't a situation that was favorable because you're going in after in the immediacy after Tom Brady left. So a lot, a lot of expectations and a lot of things are being put onto you. And again, I think he did about what he could have considering the situation. Could have probably done a little bit better, but 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 still in the game, I think he maximized what that situation could have been. He's got, you know, we all know how how this league treats, you know, certain players and certain certain players, and you know, he's he he's of that same ilk as, as like like a like a like Carmelo was in the NBA. He's gonna the next stop is gonna have to be his best stop because it, there's not too many opportunities left for him to be a backup in this league at all. Mm-hmm. And we're also probably to the point where like you know was like week ten now. Like, do you really think he wants to jump on a ship week ten? of a season and not have the entire preseason and training camp to get to know your team. It was, it was a really, honestly, like, if you want to get to the bottom, but it was a really, you know, dick move with the Patriots to cut them like when they did. It absolutely was. And I mean, I guess they're benefiting off of it now. I just, I don't really know, but there's also other things. I mean, we'll get this last one in question and because there's other problems with the Panthers, obviously, you know, in terms of accepting their flaws, like in my mind right now, I, I like, we made all these picks, you know, at cornerback, and those were great. Like, I'm glad we got CJ. I'm glad we got Gilmore. I'm glad we got AJ. But we're still running. I mean, to the point where our defensive backs are sort of pleading, you're still seeing guys like Razul Douglas come in there or like Sean Chandler and Sam Franklin who don't need to be there. And in my mind, like, you got Trey Boston, 
who's openly tweeting about his support for the Panthers, and he's freaking acting like you know a weatherman on on local news. Why have you not called him? And because he seems obviously ready to play and would fit in your organization perfectly, like he has in the past. He clearly has no bad beef with the team, and he would obviously be better than some of these guys that got running. And I think they're just very hell bent on working with these guys that they just know fairly well that that could be good, but they also don't have the ability to train to coach them. So it's like, why even have them in at all? You know? Yeah. Real quick. Sean Chandler stinks. Like I, he's been underratedly bad this year. I, I don't know if I'm the only one that's noticed that, but I've seen him get beat for multiple touchdowns and miss multiple tackles, like throughout the last like five or six weeks or so. So I just wanted to say that. And yeah, straight Boston at this point, he's basically a fan on the couch, just like all of us. Yeah. Like, that's literally what he's doing. That point he made about Cam yesterday, smartest thing I've heard all week. Exactly. And that's what it just it makes me angry. Like, Tyler, I know you see these guys that are around. I mean, I know we like these guys that we have have potential, but I feel like at a certain point, you got to, you got to, you got to swallow your pride. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's that kind of game where how do you want to shape your organization? What do you have? And, you know, we see all these moves. We talk about a like, veteran. And young guy moves and uh, bringing guys in, but what really needs to be looked at when you're bringing guys in is how is this personality, how is this person going to fit what we have in our organization now? And so that that plays a role. Um, you know, of course, age uh, and the position, the fit, the experience. I mean, like we talked about, it's week ten of the season. Um, signing guys now is you're not going to get a guy, sign him and throw him in for a full game. Like it's just not going to happen at this point in the season. Uh, learning the playbook, learning the people, learning the facilities, learning all these things in a whole new place. Um, it's going to be, it's, it's tough at this point. So um, this whole quarterback carousel, you know, it always sucks to see the injuries to the quarterback position, at, especially at this time of the year where, you know, it's slim pickings. We're past the trade deadline, which, I wouldn't want us to trade for a quarterback at this point anyways, but that limits one option. And you see, you know, teams like the Jets, they get guy like Mike, Mike White, he come, goes out there and they just, they just play to his strengths. Like they're not a very good team. They play to his strengths, but then they got the most out of him. So, you know, going forward, this whole PJ Walker experience um, and experiment, it's been, you know, a lot of hype coming in, uh, didn't like eventually won the backup job behind, um, you know, behind uh, Teddy last year and beat out Will Greer. And we, we think we, we don't think he's going to be the guy long term, but, you know, we got him now for these next couple of weeks, at least this week. Um, so we, why not roll him out there, you know, develop the best game plan for PJ Walker, you know, make this the time that we really get it's now or never for PJ make that happen, see what we got in him. And then from there going forward, um, you gotta, you gotta evaluate what you got, you know, Matt Barkley, in, in specifics is, you know, a veteran quarterback, a great backup. I think he's going to, he's a, he's a really good backup. If you have Matt Barkley as your backup quarterback, you feel good that he can come in and win you a couple games as a spot starter, but there's, he's not going to go and string together a whole bunch of wins and, you know, lead you to the playoffs. That's just not what he is at this point. So, um, and, and that's not easy to find, but we just got to know what we have. We, we know that PJ has the higher upside and um, you know, our moves at the quarterback position may not be done for, for the rest of the year is all I'll say. No, I get that. And Michael, before we have you leave, just real quick, what's your outlook on the Cardinals game? Pray. Oh, <laughs> this could be bad, man. Uh, no, honestly, I'm, I'm excited to see PJ because like, you know, he, 
he can be bad, but he'll put on a show. You know, he doesn't he doesn't take those checkdowns like some other quarterbacks we know do. He's going to go to throw it deep and try to open up the passing game a little bit. And we know he can actually make a run for it when he needs to. So I'm excited to see PJ. I'm hoping it's competitive. But, like, you know, like I was saying earlier about Joe Brady, I'm to the point where if the Panthers are going to lose and they're going to lose and not make it close, I hope we get shut out. Because I want to build this case to get Joe Brady fired as much as we can. Because I don't think we're going anywhere as long as he is offensive coordinator. I don't know about you guys, but no, I, I really don't think he's getting enough flack for this disaster. And no. people are still talking about him as a head coaching candidate. See, that's, we, want, we want to go even a step further. We want to take the campaign to build the argument that he should not even be a head coach in the NFL candidate anymore, let alone an offensive coordinating coach. I mean, at this point, sending him back to college is, is where we're really going. But, Michael, thank you for coming on, man. Um, everyone, you know, if you don't know, he runs the page Panthers Insider. Feel, you know, go ahead and check him out. He gets some good posts out there and always shows us some love, too. So we'd love to get you know another sure. Panthers fan page on the show. So, Mike, thanks for coming on, man. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. See you later. No problem. See you later, man. I mean, yeah, I'm the same way as him. At this point, at this point, fire the fire the front staff. Like, if we're, I, I just don't know anymore. Like, what's the point of salvaging the season right now? Just for, um, you, you know, I, I here's, here's the thing. You know, I, it's just I hear certain things from certain from some from certain fans as far as talking about oh, this is a rebuild. It takes time. It's just. It's just certain things shouldn't have happened if that was the case. You know, I, I mean, I'm all for rebuilding. We were, we were all. I think we were all open to it just being a, a, a rebuild. But what rebuild starts off like this? Like you exactly. know, it, it just they just don't go like this. And and only this. And tell I'll, I'll ask you because I I posed this question before. Would you even want to see this team and this was this current regime work with the rookie quarterback? Would you uh, uh, would you really want to have them? have to really try to try to develop a rookie quarterback would you rather it be the next regime's prop to, to to deal with that yeah i mean that's that's definitely a feasible question and it's it, we're in a weird spot right now because we had we had rule come in we had him bringing in his guys as the coaching staff but we still had the whole marty gurney front office we make the switch to tepper he's been great we we like everything that he's done uh, we, we, you know, we like the future with him going forward, but now rules almost getting to the point where he's on the hot seat. So you have these two, these two units in charge, the, the people and then the rule people, and they, they might not have that connection because they're coming in at different times. They know different people. They've seen different players in the organization. Like we talked about with cam, um, so their perspectives are going to be a little bit different, which makes things kind of tough. And especially now that, uh, rule is, um, you know, he's not, he has no job security, like going for, like he's, he's getting to that point where he could be on the hot seat. So, um, and that's up to the, you know, David Tepper and, um, and, and Scott Fitterer. Uh, and so looking at the, at the head coach and the staff, like it needs to be evaluated. It needs to be evaluated because, you know, we talk about all these great moves we're making and all these good players we have. Well, the front office, Right, they get the they get the guys in the building, and the coaches need to develop these guys. And we have not seen that development. We haven't seen a lot of these guys reach that reach that next level. And um, you know, it could be on them, and it might be, but um, we we really need the coaches to get that that little extra something out of them. And I, I don't think we've seen that yet. So, um, for when the quarterbacks you know conversation does arise, um, you know, David Tepper, Scott Fitter, 
these guys that you know feel good with where they're at in their careers need to evaluate do we want to bring a quarterback into um, a coaching staff that has you know jumped ship on a quarterback two years in a row so exactly because exactly. like you get it you get the pro like i mean that's where like you know it was I mean, sure, there was he, he was in the hot seat there for a second, but Rivera and Cam and Cam coming up at the exact same time, they're able to grow and develop as a duo, a coaching quarterback duo. You look at other other instances. I mean, I I know it's not Jeff isn't on, but also shoot for it. Like you look at the Titans and Marcus Mariota. I think Marcus Mariota had a great potential as a quarterback coming out of this league. We all saw that, you know, the way he played in college, and he had four coaches and four offensive coordinators in five years. Like when you have a team, when you have an organization that's in a rebuild in its front staff, bringing in a rookie quarterback into that era is not going to go. It's not going to go over well. That's why Ryan Tannehill I think did so well because he had that already established sort of you know presence and, and, and ability in the league. And so I think you're also talking about it, like you know you talk about um, uh, like these guys, all these guys who brought in and like the things we need to do in certain like in, in that regard. I mean I think we've shown that I think the, the coach is more. And more each week are showing that they're not a coaching staff that can build up players and cultivate talent because that's why they went out of their way to sign guys and draft guys they had already worked with and they're stuck in the college mindset of oh i can have their raw talent make it work in a scheme and push them out in four years and then i'll get another group of guys right after them that's not how the nfl works and I think that's why we chose this positionless defense that only works if all 11 guys are playing and playing to the best of their ability. I, I, it just shows in, to me an inability to have that because, like, it just shows an inability to be able to make these players work because, right, like, that first draft where we got all seven guys all defensive, I'm going, okay, they know our defense is bad. We're in a rebuild. We're rebuilding our defense. Our offense has some weapons. Then you, you know, do what you do with Teddy, and then you cut Teddy. Okay, yeah, wait a minute. Now you're getting Sam. You 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 cut Teddy. And now you're not getting a rookie quarterback. Are we like, are we in a rebuild or are we going for now? We've been taught. We've been trying to mold over that issue for almost a year now, figuring out whether or not this team wants to be in the playoffs tomorrow, or if they want to rebuild and create a new a new culture in this team. And I still, and every week, when I every time I think I have an answer and I think I know which way they're going, they and they go the exact opposite direction. Yeah. It's 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 um it's weird, man. It, it, this this feels much like it it feels much like that that 2010 season. And for the people that, that that were around during that time, it just feels like there's just nothing to look forward to each and every week. You feel like you just you you, you feel like you're handicapped by you know you, you feel like you're handicapped by, by by the guys that are on the roster. Even though this team is ten times more talented than that 2010 team, it's just that we're just. We're bad in places that you just can't be bad at if you want to be a a, a a good team, a consistent team. And right now, until we get a until we get leadership that we trust, until we get an offensive line that's competent, until we get a quarterback that we feel that can process information and actually apply it onto the field, there's no there there's just no hope going in each and every week. It's just kind of you know it's just it's get it's just it's bad. It's bad being a Panthers fan right now, man. It's just it's just a, lot, a whole lot of nothingness like a whole lot of unknownness right now heading into each and every week and that's the worst part is like i wish i wish we were a crappy team i wish we were the lions at least then we know damn well who we are like you're having trey boston who was literally on that defense saying that this is the best defense since 2015 
maybe not in, in its actuality right now, but he knows the, you know, the potential this defense has. And it's just so freaking lopsided when you have, I mean, look at the second half of the Patriots game. They scored three points and a total of, I think, 87 yards. And on the, on the flip side, you had punt, punt, interception, picks, like punt, like you kept doing, like the offense did nothing. All while the defense is bailing you out constantly and consistently. And especially in a game, if you have two turnovers in the first half and you can only get six points off of that, like we thought last year with Teddy not being able to perform in the red zone was bad, we can't even get to the red zone now. That's the annoying. We can't even get there. And you can't say it's on the special teams anymore because Zane Gonzalez and whatever the hell the punter's name is, they're balling out right now. They're doing consistently well. I mean, Gonzalez is looking like he's that guy, but we always have that for a year with a kicker, and then they lose their leg the next year. I just – I'll say this and then let it to Tyler, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up here. I just – I'm very I'm very worried because Tepper has said, been outright, when he was talking all the damn time, he was saying, you know, I'm running like a business. I want to rebuild. I want to bring it up. You know, I want to make it – you know, what did he say? Like, he was like, I want to – didn't he say he wanted a Super Bowl in five years? Didn't he say that? Something like something along those lines. Super Bowl in five, six years, and these were the we had to take these steps to do so. He ain't convincing me we're getting a Super Bowl in five years. If you get a Super Bowl in five years, I'm gonna go on record right now. If you get a Super Bowl in five years, I will run the entirety of Mint Street under uh, naked in rush hour traffic on the, the September 22nd of whenever you win of the next year after you win the Super Bowl. That is right now. I'm telling you that right because there's just no way. Absolutely none. And we got a long way to go. And it, and it starts with, I think, reevaluating the coaching staff at the end of the season. Because I think we got to the point, maybe I'm speaking too soon on this, but I think we got to the point where we have a front office and a GM that we like. That's something that we know for sure um, in our organization right now. Everything else is a question, including the owner, including the players, including the coaches. We know what we have as a front office. Everything – Everything around it needs to be evaluated, and we really need to decide who we're going to trust with with our talent. Exactly. That's all it comes down to. Yeah, and I, I, I'll say this. Uh, when you look for your next coach, because at this point you have to be kind of thinking about it, go get a coach that can develop quarterbacks. And, I, and the one guy I'm looking at that could probably do it as well as anybody, Brian Dayball. Yeah, if you if you're able to take a guy from Wyoming, develop him into into a you know a a high level MVP candidate, then why not take a shot and look into it? But you know, we'll we'll I I I hope that Scott Fritter is really looking into getting a coach that he wants to to build with, and not something that he's been handed already from a previous regime. But you know, hopefully we'll see. Like I said, hopefully Tyler's right. Hopefully, hopefully the coaches are being evaluated as we speak. Hopefully we made the right decision moving forward. Until then, we'll have to keep waiting and keep pounding.